for listening to the Red Letter Business Podcast presented by Christian Businessmen's Connection, Oklahoma. Each episode, we're talking with ordinary businessmen who have impacted the lives of others as they live out their faith at work. That's the mission of CBMC, helping men know God, discover His purpose in their work, and make a significant impact in the lives of others. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the Red Letter Business Podcast. My name is Tyler Dubose, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Adrian Saavedra. Adrian, it's nice and uh, it's a nice, cool 102 out there today. How are we feeling? You know, I, I, I'm excited to be here today, and you're right, uh, as we record this on August 10th, those, those cool, you know, rainy days of June are a thing of the past, obviously, and we're, we're all uh, looking forward to the fall. Amen. But um, I'm excited to be here today because um, uh, we've had this on our calendar for, for a few weeks now, but uh, our guest that we're going to have on our podcast today, I've, I've heard of his story. P- other people have told it to me secondhand. But this is going to be my first time to hear it straight out of the horse's mouth. So I'm very excited to hear uh, this amazing story as it relates to um, the scripture that we're going to study today. As you know, if you've been listening, we've been going through the book of James in our series called James on Business. And we're towards the end of that now. And, and the passage we're going to look at today is uh, comes out of chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Um, and it's James is... Um, message to believers not to boast about tomorrow. And I'm just going to go ahead and read that passage, and then I'm going to introduce our guest today and let him share his his story. So James chapter 4, verse 13 says this, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to, to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? Why? Do you even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And so um, as we were kind of thinking about who, who would come and share uh, about an experience where, you know, they they wrote their plans one way, and God radically uh, showed them that any control we we think that we have over our life is really an illusion, and that He's got our our life planned for us. Uh, the name Ron Harris kept coming to mind. Uh, Ron, as an introduction, uh, he's here with us today. Um, Ron is a principal and CFO partner. Uh, along with his business partner, Rick Simpson. Uh, But he's got an amazing story because in 1985, he is one of 28 people that was a survivor of the Delta 191 plane crash in in Dallas-Fort Worth. And so, uh, as I said, he's going to share that story. But my guess is that the morning of that um, day, he probably didn't wake up thinking that he was going to be in a plane crash mm. that day. And so um, we wanted him to share, you know, what it's like to to um, just have a big wake-up call from God and say, you know, wow, uh, you're, you're number one, you're lucky to be alive, but number two, um, I'm, I'm just anxious to hear 
the story of his survival and the story of what God's done in his life ever since then. So without any further delay, I want to introduce Ron Harris, uh, somebody I've known about for a long time, but somebody I've just met today. And um, I want you to be blessed and encouraged uh, by by his message today. So, Ron, go ahead. Thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you for having me today. It is indeed a pleasure to have an opportunity to share. And I want to point out that every time I get asked to speak, I want I want you all to realize that whatever comes out today is not for me. And uh, clearly, I'm the guy that sits around the room and they say, "Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself." And I go, uh, "I'm Ron." And uh, so I've got the life of an accountant, you know, not too exciting. (laughs) But anytime I get a chance to share his story that he has done through me, I just absolutely love the opportunity to share. So I want to be sure and say that, uh, you know, one of the greatest gifts that Jesus gave us was humility. Right. And it's so very, very important that we remember that. Mm. Yeah, for, for sure. So um, for those of us who are not familiar, there may be a lot of listeners who are familiar with your story because they've heard you speak before, but there's a lot of folks out there um, who maybe have never met you or even, even you know, meet you on the street and wouldn't know uh, because uh, you're a humble guy that uh, God has, has taken you on quite the journey. So tell us a little bit, uh, Ron, about what it was like uh, surviving a plane crash. Yeah, yeah. So contextually, let me take you back to 1985. I, I did have hair back then. <laughs> I, want, I want to be sure and point that out. Hey, you're still doing but, pretty uh, good in that oh, department. We're yeah. trying, we're trying. Yeah. But, uh, but truly, uh, I, I think it's important that, that we talk about where I was in my walk with, with God. And uh, I was raised in a Christian church by two of the godliest parents that a mm. son could ever be blessed with. I was that I was that kid that was there every single time the church doors were open, and it wasn't necessarily my choice if we if you know what I mean. Sure. But my parents were very very active in the First Baptist Church in Duncan, and uh, so anyway, I want to also tell you guys I was 25 years old. I was a CPA uh, for about four years, and I had the pleasure of meeting one of the original founders of Federal Express, and he became a client of mine. I actually brought him into the firm at KPMG, or Pete Marwick, as it was called back then. And uh, a few years later, I left and uh, took all the work that I had brought into the firm with me, along with that relationship with Bill. And needless to say, at 25 years old, that was quite a client undertaking. So Bill was 50 years old, consummate entrepreneur, absolutely a wonderful, uh, charismatic man. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was indeed an opportunity that, uh, that, that truly did come from God. I believe that all things come from him. And, uh, and it would just be one of many, many pieces of the puzzle that, uh, that he would end up uh, 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 working through my life at that time. So sure. to set the stage, uh, we were on a business trip to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I was traveling all around the country with him at that time. And uh, uh, it, so I was traveling all around the country with Bill at that time. And we were coming back from Fort Lauderdale, Florida on a Delta flight. And uh, Bill lived in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I, of course, lived in Oklahoma City. And he decided to go ahead and, and reroute his plans and, and fly with me through DFW so that we could work on the airplane. And as we entered the DFW airspace, there was just an incredible storm that popped up. 
In fact, we immediately went into a rotation. Oh, wow. And Bill was a pilot. And he looked out the window, and I, I remember seeing him kind of going, oh, my, what a storm. So sure enough, we're in this rotation, and then all of a sudden, our pilot, first captain, flying the plane, decided to go ahead and break out of the rotation and land the airplane. Mm. And so this is 1985. Today, it, the wind shear detection equipment's incredible, and it was all visual at that time. Oh. And so... We, uh, we committed quite a few offenses in that landing. First thing we did was we tried to go ahead and fly through a wall cloud. Never a good idea, particularly when you're on descent. Mm. Second thing was, and this is on the cockpit voice recording, the, uh, the pilot and first captain noticed and commented that there was lightning coming out of the wall cloud. So that's also not a good idea. So unbeknownst to the, to the pilot and the crew, on the other side of this wall cloud was an incredible microburst or downspout or wind shear, as it's called. And our plane was immediately thrust to the ground. And uh, uh, First Captain Rudy Price did an amazing job getting the nose of the airplane up. Mm. And we just barely touched ground just before Highway, I think it's 114 that goes around the DFW airport. And... Uh, uh, and the, I still recall hearing the race of the engines. Obviously, the passengers were were quite uh, quite anxious to say the least. Sure. And uh, and my once again, my client was a, a pilot himself, and he knew his wind shear immediately. So we were all in the crash position, and. I have no idea why I did what I'm about to tell you, but I guess being 25 years old, it seemed like forever. We're in the crash position. We knew that we were going to land, and I had a window seat, and I decided I was going to raise up and look out that window seat. And when I did, we were right over 114. Just so happens that the wheels underneath the plane, right where I was, had just skipped across the top of a car, and we sheared a car in two and claimed our first victim on the highway. Oh, and I was able to look through out the window and into those cars. I had no idea what was going on below. And I still remember looking in their eyes as their cars passed underneath this plane. It's 6.05 p.m. on a Friday afternoon at in Dallas. We all know what that is. There's a couple like. cars out there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And so... That once again, the engine's racing. We barely make it in the airport property before we touch down, well short of the intended runway. Sure. So almost immediately, the plane blew up, more or less. So instantaneous fire, and we skidded along, just like a bad movie scene with the cabin lights flickering. And needless mm-hmm. to say, everybody was uh, was indeed concerned. The, uh, the plane impacted... A airplane on, at the edge of the airport property just so happens that was a FedEx airplane. Oh, really? And so our plane, an L-1011, crashed into the water tanks and just barely missed this FedEx airplane. And so the, the plane itself disintegrated. The front two-thirds of the plane disintegrated, me included. I was in the front two-thirds of the plane. So most all of the casualties claimed that day were all in that front portion of the plane. So just behind my seat was where the plane actually split in two, and all that was left was that tail section of the airplane. Right. 
when I go speak and share, people still remember seeing that end of the airplane at the edge of the airport property still for weeks after the plane crash. Yeah. And, uh, and that was all that was left. Um, so I came to on the edge of the airport property. Wow, that's that's incredible. And so, you know, for those of you who are listening, um, Ron was was gracious enough to share with us a a seating chart uh, of that airplane that we're going to include in our show notes that you can actually see where he was seating on the on the airplane uh, and um, how miraculous it was that he he was one of the survivors. Uh, so 27A was the, was the was the seat that you were in. That's correct. So we're we're going to highlight that and for you to be able to see, um, you know, just how devastating this 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 crash was. Um, and certainly, uh, all these years later, like you said, if people remember that was this was national news. It wasn't something that was, you know, just on the local news. It was all over the country that it was a you know a um a big event that happened in our country it's not every day that that um a commercial airline goes down and and crashes like it did so you know surely uh that wasn't on your plan that morning um and if if you don't mind um when you came to and and you were you you know survived um you, you didn't get out of that with just you know uh, were you were you injured were you uh, no worse sure. for the wear or you know what what was the uh the impact that, that it had on you personally yeah so that seat 27a we talk about right it was strapped to my back and i came to face down on the runway oh, so we wow. actually were ejected out of the airplane and uh and I call this my runway moment. All of us have a certain moment in our lives when when God showed up and did some incredible things. And for me, uh, a lot of people hear the story and they think about what I lost that day. But what no one realizes, I gained so much more mm. than the plane crash took for me. Yeah. Talk about the injuries. I was burned over 60% of my body. Oh, wow. Some, uh, just a few third degree, a lot of second degree burns. My left leg was almost completely severed at the knee, just barely hanging on. And uh, numerous other lacerations and other, other problems that we had. But, uh, but, you know, it's not about the injuries. Sure. It's all about what Christ does in our life. Because I can tell you, when I came to on that runway, and picture the... There was hail about as big around as your fist coming down. The storm that we had just flown through now is immediately overhead. The wind's blowing 85 miles an hour. It's lifting the seat back up. Mm-hmm. And I'm strapped in my seat, so is, so is my client, Bill. Mm-hmm. And Bill was about six foot four-ish, probably. Big guy, not heavy, just a big man. And that seat was, was actually being lifted up. And so in that moment, though, you think about all the, all the chaos going on, and I don't need to tell you guys and describe what that scene was like, but an amazing peace came over me. I started repeating Philippians 4.13 over and over again. as the second Bible verse I had ever learned as a young boy. Wow. And, and I, I had the most incredible peace. You, it's indescribable. The, the injuries I had... I did not feel the pain. And 
he wrapped his arms around me in that moment and gave me a peace that, that transcended certainly my walk, but more importantly, it was the power of the Holy Spirit coming back into my life in a, in a mighty and powerful way. And, uh, and just, uh, just an incredible blessing. So you'll hear me uh, speak occasionally about my runway moment, and that's it for me, needless to say. Every time I get a chance to go share or someone asks me, you know, hey, you've got a, you've got a limp, what happened? I always, I always think about just the power of that moment. And, uh, and the most amazing thing about life is in business, we get distracted. Mm-hmm. And oh. it's so great to be here with you guys today and think and focus back on things that truly matter the most. We spoke earlier about discipleship and just the importance that that, uh, that is for all of us. The opportunity for us to go share and mentor and just how powerful that is, not just for us, but for others around us. And uh, uh, I, love this, I love hearing God's testimonies and the stories that he does in people's lives and just how uplifting that can be. And, uh, and it's, just, it's just great. So, but anyway. Man, I think it's really, uh, obviously, the, the Holy Spirit, you said, you know, just being distracted. Uh, I, I, was, I sat down this morning. I got my kids up, out the door, you know, got the crazy out. They were, you know, little kids, but sat down with my Bible and my journal I was like, well, let me just look at my, let me look at Facebook real quick. Let me look at Instagram real quick. Distracting, distracting, distracting. Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, now it's time to go to work. And so I think, I mean, just to your point, we get so distracted. Uh, we were just at the Global Leadership Summit last week, and Craig O'Shell said, uh, and I saw it on, uh, I saw it on Instagram uh, as well. It said, the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can only distract you. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, that just kind of, really spoke to me especially this morning with uh how i kind of let myself get distracted uh with that time with god so yeah we all do we all do and uh that's the beauty of when he reaches out to us and taps us on the shoulder and brings us back amen you bet and so um wow i mean what you just described is like one of the a horror scene in a movie you know as far as um you know the actual plane crash itself but even in the midst of that I'm so encouraged that you talk about the peace that you experienced. And, um, you know, and I've heard Navy SEALs talk about this. When, when they're in the heat of a battle, they always revert back to their training, right? They, you know, whatever they've trained for that moment, mm-hmm. when they're in a, in a situation, they always revert back to their training. And to hear you say that what came to your mind was Philippians 4.13, one of the first words of God that you wrote on your heart, you know. And it just is amazing. That's happened to me in my life over and over again um, that God will bring up the right word at the right time that we need to hear. Amen. And for you, your runaway moment, that was it. So... You know, James talks about, and here's, here's what I would, would really love to get your perspective on, because I think you have a unique perspective on this in particular. James talks about our life being a mist, right? Um, for me, I think of a mist when I, when I go out on a cold morning and breathe air out and see my breath and it just, it's gone. Right? And that's what James really is talking about each and every one of our lives. So how does reflecting on the brevity of your life affect the decisions 
and the priorities in your life. So having this experience now, surely you thought, or you, you, you thought, wow, I am, it's a miracle that I'm here, right? So I'm really curious as to what, what did that do as far as your life moving forward, right? And um, how, how has that affected your decisions and your priorities in your life, um, being a survivor of that, basically? Right. Wonderful, wonderful question. Thank you. So um, just to tell you something else that happened to me that, that day, that afternoon on the runway, I... Uh, uh, keep in mind, as I said earlier, where I was in my faith walk at the time, and uh, uh, this piece that I spoke about in the calmness. One of the other things that happened in the, you know, the, uh, the needless to say, the scene of the crash was quite horrific, and we were basically uh, there on the runway waiting for paramedics and and others to show up and it was so dangerous still they wouldn't get out of their vehicles part of their training because they couldn't uh, uh, be injured in the process and so it it was really in that moment that uh, uh, he asked me to give him this entire experience in other words I I told him in, in my in I spoke with him and prayed and said, Lord, there's no way that I can handle this. And I do not want to be impacted by what I see around me, but I want to be impacted by the plans that you have for me. And I I, I, I was very repentant at the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I chose to ask him to take this burden from me. Because I knew that spiritually and emotionally, there was no way that I could handle it. And what's amazing, it to this day, I have never had a bad dream. Oh wow! Even though those images and the visions and everything, and you know, so so rich in in my uh, in my mind, and that's such a blessing. And uh, uh, for him to be able to take this uh, horrific accident and use it for for something good, and uh, I, I say that with some trepidation because a lot of people go through accidents and there's nothing good that comes out of those. And truly, the, the, the work and the calling that he placed on my life at that time, I didn't really grasp it, mm-hmm. but I knew I was in the middle of a transformation. It wasn't that road to Damascus moment, uh, per se, but... He got my attention, needless to say. Uh, I would think. Yes, quite simply. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, not all of us uh, certainly have, have experienced something as, and I'm going to go ahead and use the word traumatic. You know, it was certainly a traumatic experience. Uh, and, and I'm thankful to hear you say that the Lord has um, allowed you to, to, you know, not have bad dreams or things like that even. Uh, everything you just said, but all of us, right? We all um, sit around and reflect about our life and what our life is going to be like, and what our life is going to, you know, what we want to do with with our jobs and with, you know, our income and and things of that nature. Um, so James here is is saying, uh, you know, and he doesn't have to. He doesn't get our attention all in the same way. God doesn't, but he gives, he gives us his word. 
as a guide. And he says, you know, boasting in such a way that you know the plans of your life, that, that's sinful. That's what James is saying. Because none of us know what tomorrow holds, right? Every day is a gift. Every breath that we have is a gift from God. So uh, let's just talk just amongst the three of us here. You know, um, if that's the case, how, how, how are we to go about then you know, trying to plan for the future, how, you know, as far, especially as it goes in terms of work and business and things like that, where often work life is so task oriented and, and action plan oriented. You know, we, we make a ministry action plan every year that we, what we feel like the Lord is calling us to do within this year. Um, so we're not supposed to just wing it. And we're not supposed to plan every single detail of our life like we know it's going to happen. So what does that look like for us as Christian men to uh, lean into the Lord, um, have balance aspiration, goals, things of that nature with leaving room for the Holy Spirit to, to move us here, move us there, move us where he wants us? Yeah. 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 I think uh, you get rid of your pen and you get a pencil. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. Write your plans yeah. in pencil, right? In pencil. Yeah. <laughs> Not in ink. There you go. Well, and, and I think uh, th- that particular scripture uh, did speak to me. Uh, you shared that with me in preparation for this uh, for today and also just a moment ago. And I was that boastful guy. I, uh, at 25 years old, I had the client I had flying all over the country and uh, uh, in a relatively short, really short period of time, I really truly thought that I had arrived. I thought that I had made it. I actually thought that I knew something, actually. <laughs> I actually thought I was smart. But uh, but needless to say, those those plans disappeared quickly, as you as you mentioned. And I think he does his greatest work in us when we're totally dependent upon him. There's no doubt about it. And I think about what life may have been like had had we both survived. And uh, there is there is not a doubt in my mind that this detour in my life has been the greatest thing to happen to me. And uh, in terms of my in terms of my family life, my personal life, but most importantly, my spiritual life, mm. my walk with Christ. Um, you mentioned uh, and asked me a question about, you know, what were you thinking about and what, what, how were you processing? And needless to say, un- coming to grips with the fact that I was spared and then actually contemplating, now what? Right. Uh, was, was a pretty mighty uh, uh, a walk for me as well to go through. And, uh, and clearly leaning on him and his word and, uh, and the discipleship of others. So very, very important. My father was an incredible Christian man. And uh, it was uh, him sharing his life story with me and, and counsel was so very, very important. And also had the, the pleasure at a young age in, in Duncan to be uh, pastored. Our church was pastored by Jack Graham. So if you all know Jack Graham, uh, he's an incredible evangelist. Uh, uh, his, uh, his church in Dallas is absolutely amazing. And uh, so having the opportunity to draw back on all of the foundational things that uh, my parents had, 
had left me with, as well as uh, certainly the pastors that had great influence in my life is very, very important. And uh, it's it's amazing. You reach inside your toolkit when you go through these uh, these detours in life, and it's amazing what you reach for. All the things that you thought were the most important in your life suddenly are not. And uh, uh, I was so wrapped up in my work at the time. My identity was in in my work and not in Christ and not in my witness. And uh, and that, to me, is the greatest gift of, of the plane crash in my own mm-hmm. life. And so on um, several occasions on this podcast, we've talked about the best things in life that we never wanted to have happen to us, right? And so this, is a, this goes in that category. Mm-hmm. You, you, you certainly never wanted to have this happen to you. Clearly now all these years later, you, you have seen how God has used that in your life in a way that um, uh, has brought you closer to him uh, and in your spiritual walk, your, your walk with your family, your work with your, your business life have all been changed because of this for his glory and for, for his good. And so that's that's kind of what I want to talk about now. So uh, one of the last areas that I would love to visit with you about that was in 85. I mean, a lot of time has passed since then. Just to be honest, I, I wasn't born yet. Just <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler wasn't even alive yet. I was three. So um, Most uh, of my audiences, by the way, when I do go speak, they, they're all, you guys were flying airplanes in 1985? <laughs> it was one of the very first ones, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, a lot of time has passed. So you've had a lot of business experience since then. Life goes on, right? You You went back to work and have a very successful company, lots of experience now. Um, so I would love to get your wisdom, right, with, with everything that God has brought you through and taught you through your life. And, and let's just be clear, this is just one thing that's happened in your life. You've had lots of experiences and lots of growing and maturing uh, through other experiences as well, just like we all have. So I would love to, to um, I would love to you, for you to comment on this. So uh, we, we kind of came up with this guide to making plans, right? And, and this is something that Marty Hep, one of our, our leaders in our ministry, uh, came up with. But he, he wrote this. He said, you know, number one, submit your life to him completely. If it doesn't start right there, right? Um, I've heard it say, said another way, you know, be ready to say yes before God even asked the question. Mm-hmm. You know, submit your life to him completely. Number two, Align our desires with his desires. Care about what he cares about. Um, cry, weep, and long for what, for that which is precious to him. You know, if we, if we do those two things, submit to him completely, care about the things that he cares about, and then um, determine a course of action that is just surrounded by times of prayer. So sometimes you have to make a decision, and it's not always clear, Right? In life, and, and so when you're making business plans, when you're in the workplace, sometimes the best you have to do is just submit to Him, seek His guidance, bathe in prayer, and then make a decision. You know, somehow. So I would love for you to comment on a couple of questions here, and then um, we're going to close this out. But what, what does what does submission what does submission to God look like in the workplace for you since 1985? Right. Um, with all the experience that you have, what does that look like uh, now in your business career? Yes, that's uh, that's great. And Marty's writings there uh, certainly uh, are uh, 
are wonderful. They uh, very uh, very fundamental in our faith, and uh, we're we're we are called upon to uh, submit ourselves uh, to Christ. Um, and submitting our plans to Christ doesn't just mean submitting your plans. Yeah. It means submitting absolutely every part of your life, your your every every part of you uh, has to be a sacrifice. I'm walking back through the Old Testament now mm-hmm. and the, all the many sacrifices that, uh, that God had the Jewish people do. And uh, it's amazing just the, the vividness of those sacrifices we're called to make each and every day, guys. We're supposed to, to uh, obviously daily take up our cross. And, uh, and to follow him. Following him means absolutely total submission. Obviously, there's a lot of rich scripture out there, but when we seek him with all of our heart, he'll make those plans well known to us. There is, there is no doubt in my mind. But I love the, the structure and the, and the priority that Marty put forth mm. because that submission has to be the first step. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you've kind of touched on it already, but, um, you know, that's pretty contrary to, to how a lot of people make their, their plans in the business world, right? So uh, one of the reasons we started this podcast is we wanted people to hear from successful businessmen that doing business God's way actually is, in the long run, a better way of doing business. So there's lots of great examples here in Oklahoma City of of businesses that are God-honoring and that um, run their business with honesty and integrity and care for their employees and lots of different uh, godly principles. But what are the benefits of making your plans this way in, in business? Right? What, 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 are the, what are some of the benefits of running your business like this, bathing it in prayer, submitting to God, um, you know, aligning our desires with, with his desires? Yes, indeed. It, one of the one of the most incredible things that we've learned, my business partner and I, over the years, is just how uh, we've had very successful entrepreneurial clients, and they all they all get obsessed with doing uh, a particular business transaction or pursuing an opportunity. And it's amazing, amazing how perfect the marketplace is, because. When we, when our motives are not grounded in his way that he would have us do, there is no reward mm-hmm. for the business owner operator, and it, it's it's interesting to note that. And I think that uh, uh, God continues to provide opportunities for all of us in the marketplace to uh, to point our plans. To him, and if not, I can tell you those those plans will fail. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, right. they will fail. I've got clients that have had a lot of wonderful successes, and also those who have been incredibly challenged. Men of faith, for the most part, across the breadth of all of my clients, as well as women of faith, but also some non-believers. It's been interesting to walk through their business choices and their life choices, mm. and when those or God honoring, the business success will come. And it's not always about profits, guys. Right. 
I've got I've got clients that that truly want to make an impact with their employees and with the vendors and the customers, and the profits come last, mm-hmm. but the profits do come, and uh, and I think that's uh, that's the the most wonderful thing about having done what my business partner and I do is we have the opportunity with a with a front row seat to see clients that. I love that the vividness of that that bathe their plans in prayer and also in God's word and dedicate those plans to him mm-hmm. and uh, and we realize those plans do come from him they're not of our own making they're not of our own toil there's no doubt about that and uh, but it, but I, I'll point out the fact that these real life experiences that clients walk through have really shed an important light on me. You know, the opportunity to to pursue a short-term profit versus truly doing things the way that it would be God-honoring, that short-term profit may come, but it's going to leave. Yeah, and, that's right. And his, his plans are everlasting. And when we honor him with what we do, it's absolutely amazing what happens. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So last thing, we ask everybody this. Um, and our hope is that there, there are people out there that are listening to this um, that are trying to figure it out, right? Trying to, they're, they're, they're going to work. They're trying the best they can. They're trying to figure out what, what God's purpose in their work is and what that means for their life and what that means in the lives of others. And so um, we do this podcast to encourage uh, businessmen that, Hey, you're not alone. There's other guys who have experienced the same thing and they've lived to tell about it and they've grown along the way. But most, I haven't met a a single person yet who's done it all by themselves, right? The importance of having um, a Paul in your life, somebody who can mentor you, disciple you, and the importance of doing that in somebody else's life. So my question to you, Ron, and, um, and you've touched on it a little bit, is what role has... Christian discipleship played in your walk in your journey um, to where you are today. Yes, my uh, my father was uh, uh, was certainly uh, the foremost disciple in my life that uh, guided and directed my Christian development, my development of my faith, and uh, and what a blessing he was for me, uh, having lost his own father uh, before he even turned five years old. He was the most godly, loving father that a son could ever be blessed with and then having other christian men enter my life uh particularly in the formative years uh and it was always it was you always knew there was something special about that person and many of us go through life we meet certain successful businessmen and what's interesting is the one that tr- the ones that truly succeed are the ones that do it and walk in accordance with his ways and they the the most amazing thing is I asked for many of them to disciple me. I wanted to have lunch with them, breakfast with them. If any listener out here today would would like to ask me any question having to do with finances or or otherwise or faith, I would absolutely love to respond to those. And so I think it's Im- important that when we have an opportunity to disciple that we meet that need and uh, because you never know where it's going to lead 
Well, I'm so encouraged to hear that. And um, Ron, we really appreciate the time that you've given us today. And you heard it. If you want to have, have breakfast and, and get to know Ron and um, get to rub shoulders with him and um, hear a little bit more about his story, he'd be happy to do it. So reach out to us. We can put you in touch. We're also going to include in the show notes um, the the seating chart that we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And Ron, you have a you, you actually told your story in book form, sheer grace. And so we would love to include that in our show notes as well. Um, if you'd like to get a copy and read that for yourself, uh, reach out to myself at our cbmcok.com, mm-hmm. and we'd be happy to connect you to be able be able to put one of those in your hands. So um, we'd love for you to get a chance to read that uh, more extensively, Sheer Grace by Ron Harris. So Ron, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Red Letter Business Podcast presented by CBMC Oklahoma. Each episode explores a story of an ordinary businessman who has had extraordinary impact on the lives of people they work with. Have you ever wondered how God wants to use you in his story? We'd love to be a part of your journey in figuring out how God wants to use you, whether that's through one of our C3 teams, Young Professional Program, our Trusted Advisors Forum, or a one-on-one discipleship relationship. Visit cbmcok.com to get connected. Hit subscribe and join us for our next episode. Have a great day.